Alright, so let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. I thank you for uh, just your uh, your church, Lord, uh, just being a part of the body. Uh, Lord, I thank you the way that um, they just rally around one another. I think of uh, Gwen and Betty and uh, just uh, all those things. I pray you just uh, be with the doctors and the nurses and with the chemo as they try to attack that thing. And uh, pray for Pastor Brian and his family this week as uh, they try to get away. I pray that you really would uh, allow him to disconnect and uh, really just uh, enjoy his family, enjoy time away. I pray uh, that we as a church body would allow him to do uh, that and it would just be a good time for them. I uh, pray for the, the Passpoint Fellowship coming up and uh, everything that's going on. I pray that the things that we're doing are uh, refreshing to us and at the same time just uh, glorifying to you. Uh, Lord, I do pray as we get back into uh, Romans 14 that uh, you would just really uh, give us peace about uh, these things as uh, we start looking at things that... Um, Really, uh, we have liberty in the Lord, but we got to kind of watch how we do them. And so we'll get into that stuff this morning, but I pray you just give it uh, clarity as uh, as we go through this. So, uh, Lord, I do uh, thank you for your church. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, open up to Romans 14. I have this really, let's just call it what it is, lofty goal of getting done today. Um, probably not going to happen. We'll see. Um, it would be a good good thing to get done with Romans 14 today just because uh, next week is Fabulous 5th and then the week after Church of the Park uh, the week after that I'm going to be out of town so it's going to be like a month before I'm back so to come back so you know if we'll just see how it happens but Romans 14 we've been talking about uh, kind of like our Christian liberty and I didn't really give it uh, a title because it's taken us three weeks to get through the first half but it's kind of like uh, our um, our conscience versus uh our convictions is like the word is like not there. Our convictions and our conscience, right? And so the first half of it, we talked about our convictions, and we're talking about things that uh, maybe aren't. And I don't want you to take this wrong because I'm the first one to tell you that there are no gray areas in the Bible. The Bible is very clear about what it says about everything, right? But uh, you know, things that might seem kind of gray. Well, what does the Bible say about this? It doesn't really give me an answer on it. And you know, uh, you know, I infer. I don't. I, I don't want to say it wrong, Brenton. But uh, when I read it, uh, I infer that it means this or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, see, I see. I'm still. I still don't understand what that means. But yeah, I'm like. So either way, like, I think this is what it's telling me. And so that's where we talk about. You know, what are your convictions on? that said thing, right? And then, you know, what is your conscience telling you? And, you know, just talking about uh, issues in, in the world today and um, just all the different things that, that that could be going on, you know, whether uh, you drink or not, whether you uh, uh, listen to anything other than Christian music or not, whether, you know, just all those kinds of things. It's like, I don't really know exactly what it says. I know, you know, it says that we're not supposed to be drunk with wine, we're in success, all those different things. Anything like this, this chapter really deals with those things. And it talks first about your convictions. What are you convicted about when you think of these things? What is it that, you know, you uh, have been raised to do? What is it that your, uh, you know, your morals tell you to do? And then, so that's what we've talked about for the last three weeks. I don't have time to go back through all that. So now we're going to switch gears and we're going to start talking about the conscience side of things. Same topics, we're going to talk about the conscience side of things. So if you've got your Bibles, Romans 14, I'm going to pick up in verse uh, 12, just kind of wrap up where we were last week. It says, So then uh, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. That wraps up everything that we've talked about on the conviction side of things, meaning it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because you're going to give an account to God for all those things, okay? So now we jump into verse 13, which is where we're going to start. It says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. 
Well, that would infer that, uh, or that would imply, uh, see, I'm learning, that would imply that we've been judging in the past. <laughs> Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man uh, put a stumbling block on occasion uh, to fall in his brother's way. I know, and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus, that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, uh, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Remember, we're talking about, this is the church at Rome, you've got Jews who really didn't ever eat anything other than, they had definitely no pork in their diet, now they're in the church with Gentiles that are eating you know, bacon, bratwurst, anything they want, and so they're, they're trying to figure this whole thing out, and so that's, that's the reference he's using here. You know, and so... Uh, uh, verse 15, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Uh, let no man then your good, let not then <laughs> your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that uh, in these things serveth Christ is, uh, is acceptable to God and approved to men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make uh, for peace. And... Uh, things wherewith one may uh, edify one another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is uh, evil for the man that eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in all th- uh, in that thing which he alloweth. And he that uh, doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not a faith for whatsoever is not a faith to sin. Holy smokes, I can't read today. So, the whole point that we're kind of talking about here is, okay, we've talked about our convictions of all these things. Now Paul switches gears and he's like, I'm still talking about the same topics. We're not just talking about, you know, whether you uh, eat pork or not. We're talking about all the different issues. And he says, okay, so now let's look at some of the other issues that kind of go with this. So, after talking about our conviction, he starts talking about our conscience. He says, in the, the very first verse, let us therefore, uh, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in their bar's way. What does that mean? Well, let's talk about that. Don't judge one another, but instead he's like, judge this. In other words, don't judge people, judge things, judge the sin, judge the issue, right? You can always be a quote-unquote fruit inspector because the fruit is always the fruit always shows the heart. The actions always show the motives. You can judge the motives once you see the actions, right? Jesus says in Matthew 7.18, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You know, it is what it is. You can judge them by their fruit. That's what Jesus himself says. We know them by their fruit. The motives are shown in the heart. Uh, in the heart uh, is known by the actions, by the fruit. The specific fruit to be inspected according to this passage is that no brother be intentionally tripped up by our actions, uh, whether because of our liberty or because of his uh, weak conscience. There's a, a priority of ministry you know, over being right. You have to understand that we are more concerned about ministering to other people than, well, I'm right about this subject, right? So it, it, at some point you have to say, you know what, whatever. If that's how you, if, if that's how you see it, that's, you know, that's how it can be. I'm not going to be the one who causes an issue because, you know, you think you can't, you know, eat a ribeye or, you know, whatever else. And so, you know, he says, let us not, therefore, right? Some things you don't really have to even like, well, I don't know. I'm really convicted about this. Like, 
he says, let's not trip up our brother. Right? We don't have to pray about that. That's not something that's like, well, let me see what the Bible says. The Bible says, let's not trip up our brother by the things that we're doing. Okay? It's, it's pretty simple. Um, decide to do that. Right? Determine. Decide not to put an offense or an obstacle in somebody else's way. The problem is that we, we throw these, we call them stumbling blocks. Right? They're just issues. Things they can trip on. Right? Uh, out in the track in front of people who are moving. Right now, because they're moving, we can either, you know, what, what does that mean? They're either going to have to slow down uh, or move around it, right? And so you think of somebody who's running on a track, and you throw something out in the way. What are they going to do? They're no longer focused on what they're doing. It's the same thing in ministry. You got a brother in Christ who, you know, just gets saved, or they're working in the ministry, they're growing, things are happening in their life, and then you throw an issue right in their way, and it's something that just distracts them from what they're doing. They either have to slow down uh, or move around the obstacle, and, and then at the end of the day, you have to sit down and think, now, the reason that they're not doing what they need to be doing is because I threw something simple, something stupid in their way, right? And that's what a stumbling block really is when you read about it uh, in the Bible, right? Since we know they don't like, you know, the music we listen to, we just tell them not to come, right? No, that's not what we do. But instead, you know, we're just like, well, what, what, what do we do? You know, and we're talking about different issues. Music is one of the issues. You know, we don't want to make them stumble, right? Well, we know we can't do that, right? So, how are you going to keep uh, from causing anybody to stumble when you're in a, a church like ours, right? Because honestly, we're not a huge church. Praise Jesus. I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of like a, a mega church. But there's a lot of people, right? There on a Sunday you can have up to you know 200 people around here. I don't know, maybe more. I don't. I don't have any idea, honestly. But so there's people who think that the music that they play on the stage is way too loud. There's people that think, man, why don't we play more drums, right? There's people that think we need to sing more hymns. There's people that everybody has their own opinion. What do you do with something like that, right? At some point you have to use your liberty uh, and you have to you have to roll with it, right? Everybody's got a different opinion. You know, Paul's talking uh, to all believers, right? He's talking to the Jews. He's talking to the Gentiles. He's talking about believers that are weak in faith. Uh, and weak in faith is a little bit different than weak in con. We were talking the other day about being weak in faith, right? Somebody who's weak in the conscience, or they're weak in their conscience, that's what we're talking about now, uh, means that they might be offended by what you do. Right? I was offended by there being drums on the stage, or I was offended by uh, you. I saw you out uh, at the restaurant the other day, and you know you were uh, you had a beer with dinner, or you had a glass of wine with dinner. Right? And so somebody who's weak in conscience uh, means they're offended by what you did. Somebody who's weak in the faith means that they might walk away based on what they saw you do. Right? There's a difference there. Somebody who's weak in the faith just doesn't know what the Word of God says. Somebody who's weak in conscience. They know what the Word of God says. They're just like, you probably shouldn't have done that, right? Or, or something along those lines. Weak in the faith, weak in the faith people, uh, it's all the people that quit coming to church because, you know, the pastor said something that they didn't like. Or they stopped going to any church because, you know, a deacon at a church they used to go to fell into sin. Right? This is where Satan's able to use what you do as an opportunity to snatch the seed away. You think about the parable of the sower. That's what we're talking about. You cannot trip... Someone who's standing still, though. Think about that for a second. You can't throw a stumbling block in front of somebody who's not moving, right? It just doesn't work that way. You throw something in front of somebody who's running, and all of a sudden there's an issue. But if you throw something in front of somebody who's on the sideline, they're like, all right, whatever. Now, there's a principle that goes along with that. We can't be trying to appease all the people who, from the peanut gallery, are throwing out, well, we should do this and we should do this, when they're not involved in anything that's going on, right? 
at the end of the day, if we're going to appease anybody, it needs to be Jesus Christ, and it needs to be people who have Jesus Christ flowing through them, that are busy about the ministry. You know, I'm not going to throw a stumbling block in front of somebody who is moving, right? But I'm not going to go... It's kind of like painting the walls, right? We painted the walls here. I don't know. How long ago did we paint the walls, right? And it's like, you'd be amazed at how many people all of a sudden have an opinion, (laughs) right? Nobody cares until all of a sudden you you do something different. It's like, oh my gosh, did you see what they did? It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. Chris knows he was here doing it. But it's just like, you'd be amazed at how many people all of a sudden have an opinion, right? And so... we're not trying to appease anybody other than the Lord Christ. But at the same time, you know, if we're going to, you know, change things up this way or that way, uh, it's going to be for people that are busy in the ministry, not for those who are just, you know, keeping the seat warm every now and then. Uh oh, did it quit again? My phone has low battery? It says 20%. So. Oh, all right, whatever. Good. Maybe I think I'll turn off and I want to. <laughs> anyway. Don't worry about the guy on the sidelines. If they're on the sidelines, you know, I don't really care what they think of my music, you know? But at the same time, if I've got a brother in Christ who's growing, just got saved, he's moving, he's, he's jiving, he's got things going on, and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, kind of careful because I don't want to stumble this guy up. I don't want to trip this guy up. I want to be careful about what I do around him, not because I can't, but, you know, just, you know, for whatever, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not stumbling anybody up. That's what it's talking about. I'll take that to heart. The point though is you can't stumble. In, uh, you can't stumble somebody who's not in action. You can't trip somebody up who's not moving. So don't worry about the criticism from the sidelines. We talked about that. Look at their feet. If they're not moving, then discount their criticism and, and move on. Because you know I'm worried about what Christ thinks, not about what all the people think. Verse 14 says, "I know and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him is unclean." talking about food as an example. There is nothing that God has created that's unclean of itself, right? But if it's in your convictions or your conscience to say, yeah, that's not good for me. Okay, well, then all of a sudden it's not good for you and that's fine, right? Excuse me, there's there's nothing unclean about tobacco growing in a field, right? It's all creation. There's nothing unclean about barley sitting in a hopper or you know, even... Marijuana in a drainage ditch. There's nothing unclean about that. It's all created. It's all creation. But it's not unclean as long as it's there by itself. But once a Christian tarries too long at the tavern, right, or all of a sudden has uh, way too much going, you know, then there's an issue. Okay, we have to understand. You know, just because uh, the pork is created doesn't mean that it's unclean. But if your conscience tells you, "Hey, I'm not supposed to have that," okay, well then now it is unclean to you. There's two verses. They sound a lot alike, and these are what you need to think about when it comes to this. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful to me. Talking about liberty, right? All things. It doesn't say some things, not most things, not a lot of things. All things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. What does that mean? Well, just because, it said, just because it's lawful for me to go to the bar, right? There's no, I'm, I'm, I'm over 21. There's nothing saying it. It might not be expedient for me to do that, right? Okay, so all things are lawful, but... All things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That's the key of that verse. I'm not going to be brought under the power. Another verse that sounds a lot like it. See, that's talking about your welfare, your kind of self-welfare. 
First Corinthians ten twenty three it goes on to say, "All things are lawful for me, but not, er, but all things are not expedient." Sounds a lot like it, right? All things are lawful for me, but uh, all things edify not. So not only are we talking about it might not be good for me, but it's also not edifying my brother in Christ if you know I do those things, right? If I'm controlled by those things. You're not only thinking about yourself, you're also thinking about the people around you. Not because I'm worried about what you know my reputation is, but what I'm worried about the testimony of Christ living inside of me. You have to think about those things. Paul was persuaded that there was nothing inherently evil about anything in God's creation, but Paul was also persuaded that his body was the temple of the Holy Ghost and should not be slowed down by anything in, in God's creation. Right? Just because he created it doesn't mean it's good for me. Does that make sense? Beyond this, each person should be persuaded in his own mind that some things are not good for him to partake of, right? Even though other people might be doing it. Just because somebody else does it, and oh, okay, well, this other Christian who's been saved for a lot longer than me or, or whatever, they do it, so it must be okay. Just because it's okay for somebody to do it doesn't mean if your conscience is telling you no, that you should do it, right? This is kind of, we call those... In, in the society we live in today, gray areas. They're not gray areas. It is what is your conscience telling you to do? God gave you a conscience for a reason. I shouldn't move that. She tells me not to. We don't need a law for everybody to obey. See, that's the thing. People are like, why can't it just be easier? Why can't you just tell me what I need to do, Jason? Right? Here's the question. Tell me what I need to do. We don't need a law for everybody to obey. We need personal liberty. Right? We need personal liberty. That makes it a matter of ministry. Right? What? So the law worked out really well for Israel. Yeah, no, it didn't at all. There was that's why it's all messed up. This is the only way your conscience and your faith are going to grow. It's not a matter of perception. Uh, it, I'm sorry, it is a matter of perception, not principle. There's nothing wrong with watching TV, right? But if your conscience is telling you, man, every time I watch TV, I waste all this time, and it just feel like I'm okay. Well, now it's an issue, right? Now, no matter what it is. But if your conscience smites you, then you're wrong for doing it. Right? Use two use use two things when you're thinking about this: discernment and maturity. If you per- perceive it to be wrong, then don't do it. That's discernment. If I see this and I think that's probably wrong to do, okay, well then you're discerning that it's wrong to do. Okay, that's the first thing. Be generous towards those that do do it because that's maturity. Because they have liberty to do it, and you know what? Maybe they don't know better, and maybe if they do know better, they you know their conscience isn't smoked by doing it. So perception. And maturity, okay. Discernment and maturity. Cut them a wide path. Count it up to weakness. See, the Holy Spirit works with your conscience to make it grow. If the Holy Spirit has not freed your conscience based on understanding of the Word of God, then don't get mad because somebody else does. Work with the freedom that the Holy Spirit gives you, so that you know your preference doesn't defile your conscience. Meaning, if inside you see somebody doing something it's like you know this is probably okay to do but even the thought of doing it just like tears you up inside okay well that is like the law of your conscience remember back at the beginning of Romans we talked about the law of conscience even those who had never heard the the gospel had a law of conscience and they were condemned by the law of conscience right okay same thing now that you have liberty even though your conscience is telling you I should not do this okay that's fine don't do that because then you're in sin Right? doesn't mean that the other person's in sin because their conscience isn't telling them the same thing. But you're in sin because you're telling the Holy Spirit inside of you who's condemning your conscience, nah, it's not really that big of a deal. Okay, well, that's like telling God to His face because the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. It's not that big of a deal, God. Right? I don't recommend you do that. I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. 
And again, you ask the question, like, why? Why can't there just be, like, I, I, I just want to follow Christ, I just want to do the right thing. Just make it black and white. It is black and white. Right? Why can't you just tell me what to do then, Jason? Right? Because somebody could come and ask me, is it okay for me to have a glass of wine with dinner? And I will not give you a straight answer. Right? Because it is all a matter of personal conviction and conscience. Okay? Now, I can tell you a lot of things black and white. Don't be controlled by anything other than the Spirit of God. Right? And there's a whole list of things. But there are issues. That's why? Why can't it be that way? Let me tell you why. Because it's called walking in the Spirit. Not walking in the law of me, or walking in the law of Brian, or walking in the law of HBF, right? It's walking in the Spirit, right? You're not always going to have me around, or Pastor Brian around, or maybe even the church around. You don't know. It's walking in the Spirit. The Spirit of God, the third part of the Trinity, lives inside of you. Man, use that to discern the situation, right? How have we missed that for so long? People are like, I just want to know the answer. The Spirit of God is telling you the answer. If you're smote about it in your conscience and you're trying to justify it through what I'm telling you, well, you're just trying to change the Spirit's mind inside of you and that's not going to happen. Okay? The Holy Spirit answers the questions. It is very black and white. How do you feel about it? Right? What is going on inside? I mean, are you tore up about it or are you not tore up about it? And just because your brother over here is not tore up about it doesn't mean that you should be or shouldn't be either way. It's all a matter of personal now I will say anything in excess is too much anything alright and it, I mean we can just go down the list okay anything in excess is too much okay so that's where we start getting a little more black and white there's even going to be times that the, the Spirit will take you into situations and positions where you have to you know, exercise your discernment and exercise maturity. Verse 15 says, But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, if your brother's all tore up because you're eating the brat, right? now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy him not with thy meat from what, uh, for whom Christ died. So here's your options. Either don't eat meat or don't do it in front of him. Right? Either be like, okay, well, this this just really uh, tears them up every time I do this, right? Okay, well, I'm either just not going to do it completely because I understand that it tears them up, or at least I'm not going to do it in front of them, right? Because it, it just really defiles their conscience. Now, obviously, I don't think anybody in the room is worried about, you know, eating a steak. But fill in the blank with whatever the situation is, okay? Either just don't do it at all, or at least don't do it in front of somebody that you're going to cause to stumble by doing it. Take the time to instruct him out of the Word of God. Not just, well, it says you can do this. Take the time so you can strengthen his conscience about the matter before you eat the meat in front of him. But don't manifest a lack of love by destroying his respect for you and his fellowship with you by simply flaunting your liberty. Right? Luke twelve forty eight says, But uh, he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much, uh, shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Meaning, if you're ignorant of it, uh, okay, right? But at some point, the light bulb comes on, and now you have a decision to make. Okay, now I know what the Word of God says about it. What am I going to do with it? Right? I have, I have knowledge. To whom much is given, much is required. Liberty includes responsibility. If God has given you understanding in certain things, you're charged with sharing them with others, right? You know, just because you now have liberty in something and you feel freed from it, share that with somebody. Don't flaunt it, share it. You know, teach somebody. 
in our age of information, right, Google is power. No, right? The Word of God should be power. Instead, we, you can ask Google anything. I'm telling you. Like, Nick was showing me some app the other night. He, like, takes a picture of anything. It's going to be a weed. He goes out in my backyard, and he's like, takes a picture of this weed, and it's like, bam, that's what it is. I'm like, it's green, right? I don't know what it is. He's just like... Yeah, he took a picture. He's like, he takes a picture of the cat. And it's like, doesn't doesn't tell me why she's cross-eyed. I don't know. But either way, <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like information is everything. I mean, why can't it be information about what the Word of God tells us? Instead, it's just, you know, what's the world say about it? Well, I can tell you what the world says about any of those issues. Man, have, a, have it and have a lot of it. But that's not what the Word of God says, right? The Word of God is not going to tell you that. Verse 16, Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Okay, so there's something to be said of that. For you it's a good thing. But they talk bad about it because you deliberately used it to cause another brother to sin, right? So don't force people to do what their conscience has not yet given them freedom to do. Only exercise your liberty in situations and you know, certain contexts where no one will you know, stumble into talking bad about it. Right? Here's an example. You go to, to Europe, right? And, and they're not going to think anything about having a pint of beer with a meal every time they have a meal, right? A Christian, not at all. It's completely normal, right? That was one of the craziest things that uh, Brian Clark was telling me. It's just that it's a European thing, right? A glass of wine, a pint of beer, no matter what, it doesn't matter, Christian, not Christian, nothing at all, right? That's just what they do, right? You do it here, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, did you see? They were, you know, it's just, it's a cultural thing, right? Our American culture has told us if you're Christian, you can't do this. Okay, for whatever reason, good or bad, that's up to your conscience. I'm just telling you, it's a cultural thing. You go across the pond, and now all of a sudden, the same Christian who loves the same Christ, who serves the same God, who does the same, reads from the same book, right? Their culture tells them something completely different. So, are they wrong? Are you wrong? No, it's all about your convictions and your conscience. That's a really good example of what we're talking about here. Only exercise your liberty in situations where nobody's going to you know, talk bad about it. Right? So avoid the conflict, right? None of these cultural taboos have anything to do with spirituality anyway. Right? That's the problem. We counsel out of this passage so many times. And it has nothing to do with spirituality. Right? It, nothing at all. Right? Verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Stop worrying about those things. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I mean, you want something to worry about? Worry about those things. Right? I'm not worried about if my brother's having a beer with lunch. I'm worried about is there righteousness and peace? Are those things manifest in his life? The boundaries are set by righteousness, peace, and joy. Right? The kingdom of God is not the physical stuff. It's the invisible stuff. I mean, you guys should know that. It's not about the stuff you can see, but it's the stuff you can't see. So what good is it for you to eat what you want and make your neighbor eat what he doesn't want to, but now you've got a you know a fight on your hands. You know, well, I got my way, right? They're eating, and I didn't. You know, whatever. What, what, what good does it do? What good does it do uh, to get the call you want if you know you had to come to blows with the empire to get it? It's not. It's not worth it, right? This is not worth it. Verse eighteen: For he the uh, for he, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Notice. He's acceptable unto God and approved of men. I would much more rather be acceptable unto God than acceptable unto men. Notice, if you're acceptable unto God, you will automatically be approved of men. Or at least you should be. 
should be approved of men. The things that really count are the things that bring unity to the family. Now, we're not talking about the family at home. We're talking about the family of Christ. Things that really count are the things that bring unity to the family. Don't split a, a church over you know things like this, cultural things, you know, religious things. Don't work. Don't, don't be so hell bent on those things. You can't be right. God can work even through anyone, right? God, God used Balaam's ass to speak truth. You, know, you have to understand, God can use anyone and anything. So use your liberty when you can. Don't flaunt your liberty when you shouldn't. Be acceptable to God and proved of men by positively chasing peace and edification and not negatively destroying men and methods. We've got to be careful not to uh, define our culture and religious quote-unquote taboos as convictions. Well, I've got convictions about this. No, you've just got a thought. It's not a conviction. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. A conviction is something you're willing to die for. right? A conviction is somebody who, uh, in, in uh, you go back in church history, was willing to uh, burn at the stake because they wouldn't get rid of their, their faith. right? That's a conviction. right? You, you're not wanting to listen to, to drums on stage. That's not a conviction. That's a preference. You have to understand, a conviction is something you're willing to die for. So, understand what your convictions really are. What are you willing to die for? That's what a conviction is. Verse 19 and 20 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith uh, one may edify another. For meat destroyeth not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who uh, eateth with offense. Don't destroy what God is doing in their life for the sake of you know getting them at the same level, level of liberty as you have. Right? People do that. They're like, oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal at all. And you've basically destroyed their walk because you're trying to make them do something that you feel like you're okay to do. The issue is not whether you're right about your position. Everything is clean. That's what it talks about. Everything. It doesn't matter what you listen to on the radio. I mean, there's certain, you know, vulgar things I would recommend you not listen to, but, you know, it doesn't, everything is clean. Rap, jazz, rock, heavy metal, you know, classical, even country, right? It's all, it, it, it's all clean. You know, sure, you can go to an R-rated movie. I, it, does it defile your conscience? There's certain things that, you know, I, there's certain things in our house, right? I don't care what you watch. But there are certain things that's like, okay, we draw a line. I don't care what a movie is rated, right? I've heard way worse come out of the mouth of people that I've worked with for years, right, in the construction industry. Brady, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I'm not interested in, you know, watching somebody get naked because it makes the movie more cultural sense. I mean, come on. So there are certain things that we watch. I don't really care what the rating of a movie is. The first thing that we check before we look into it is like, is, is there nudity in it? Because I really don't care to, to see that. You know, I don't really don't. The language they use, that might defile your conscience. I'm telling you. And maybe it does, and that's okay. It doesn't defile mine because I've heard, I promise, way worse. I've heard people use that word in context I didn't know you could. And it's just like, man, I applaud you for that because I didn't know that that was possible. Right? It, when I was when I was working in that in that field, it was just like, man, good job. I didn't even know that that was possible, right? And so, but at the same time, there are things that do defile my conscience. Like I'm not gonna okay. So that is where I draw the line. I'm not gonna do that, and that's all right, right? It's all about convictions and conscience. Okay, I'm trying to get wrapped up here. 
verse 21 says, It is neither good, or I'm sorry, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth. So those are the examples he's using right now. He's using food and he's using drink, okay? It's neither good to eat flesh, so it's not good to eat any pork, and it's not good to drink any alcohol, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth. If it's going to cause him to stumble, then don't do it. That's what he's saying. Or is offended or made weak. To have a glass of wine is not sin. But the problem uh, that alcohol has on our society, coupled by the perceptions involved when people from the church drink it, means that you might not want to order a beer, you know, with the you know the kids' activity at the pizza place, right? The church activity at the pizza place. You know, probably not wise. Okay, there are certain things that you need to have discernment on. Okay. And that's where you get into the, well, I'm not going to go to any grocery store that sells alcohol, right? Well, you're going to have a hard time doing anything in America, right? So that's the whole point. You know, at some point, you have to understand where your Chuck E. Cheese is. I don't even think that place is open anymore, is it? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know that. Anyway, not even going down that. The issue, the issue is stumbling other people while you do it, okay? The issue is by what you're doing causing somebody else to stumble. Not with drinking itself. And the higher you go in visibility, the more aware you have to be. You know what I mean by that. Right? The more people know, quote-unquote, who you are and, and what you do, the more aware you have to be. It doesn't mean your liberty changes, but you know the, the amount of people that you could cause to stumble, that does change. So you have to be sensitive to those things. Because while you don't care about what the people think on the sidelines, right? You don't want to intentionally trip up, you know, somebody on your team who's, you know, in ministry with you. You might think it's totally fine to do any of those things, and it might be. Okay, but the last thing I want is for me to be found doing something that I feel like I have liberty to do, and then somebody who maybe I just led to Christ two weeks ago, and they're trying to work out of some things, and now all of a sudden, you know, oh, man, I'm, oh, you know, we were... Uh, having a conversation the other night and it's like you know just because you feel like it's okay for you to do it and it probably is okay for you to do it and it is okay for you to do it but be careful about who you're doing it around because you know somebody who might be you know trying to recover from being an alcoholic now all of a sudden sees you as the more mature Christian oh well they can do it and the next thing you know one drink leads back into their life you know spiraling out of control just because you can control yourself doesn't mean that they can as well so I'm not saying that like smites your liberty. Your liberty doesn't change, but you also, your ministry doesn't change either. You're always ministry-minded about the people around. I hope all that kind of makes sense in your tracking. You don't want to stumble other people. Verse 22, Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that uh, condemneth not himself uh, in that thing which he alloweth. Right? The point here is exercise your liberty and privacy if it's going to cause conflict or hinder ministry. Right? Listen to your rap music in private if it's going to cause somebody to stumble. Right? Have your glass of wine in private if it's going to cause somebody to stumble. Right? Whatever it is. Okay? Does that make sense? I hope it does. Don't condemn your ministry and your testimony by allowing yourself to flaunt something that others will talk evil about. If you don't, you know, okay, I'm going to try to skip through some of this. Verse 23, And he that uh, doubteth is damned if he eat, but he that eateth not of faith. Uh, I'm sorry, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Boils the whole chapter down to that. Whatever you're not doing out of simple faith is sin. Whatever you're doing not out of simple faith is sin. 
it's more important for you to walk by faith than for you to be strong. I'm trying to get through this. There's something at the end I wanted to kind of give you. So... So here's what this doesn't mean. It does not mean that if you feel free to do it, you can do it whether it's sin or not. That's not what we're talking about. We're addressing, we're not addressing principles. We're addressing preferences. I want to clarify this really quick, okay, before we get done. Right? This this whole chapter doesn't mean well, I can do whatever I want because you know it says that if I don't feel convicted, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about preferences, not principles. There are principles that cover whether something is sin or not. Right? If the principle does not condemn it as sin, then whether you do it is a matter of preference. Okay, And you cannot simply draw inferences and say that they're principles. Well, that's, that's how I take it, so it's you know, a principle. No. This is mishandling the Word of God. So let me give you an example. Drinking is a preference, but getting drunk is covered by a principle. Right? The principle specifically says, don't be drunk with wine where it excess. Okay, Black and white there. Now, can I have a little bit? That's preference. That's, that's a good example of what we're talking about here. right? So, yeah, we're talking about preferences, but there are principles in the Word of God that, that deal with everything. Okay, So don't take anything too far. right? That may, you, you, I'm sorry, uh, you may feel uh, the liberty to engage in... I'm sorry. <laughs> you may feel uh, the liberty to engage in public drunkenness because oh, I don't, I'm not convicted by it. But that doesn't mean we're going to let you drink away your paycheck and stay a member of the church. There's something wrong with that. Okay, There are principles that, that define against that. Don't go out and live in sin and tell us that your conscience isn't bothering you. you know, don't use the fact that you've seared your conscience as an excuse to feel okay in sin. We as the body of Christ are going to call you out on that. Or we should call you out on that because that's our job. Bad things are always sin, but some good things are sin if you can't walk in faith while doing them. So, I've got five little things. If you want to write down, you can, just to kind of summarize this whole chapter. Because it's kind of all been like, I think I understand what he said, but I'm not completely sure what he said. So let me just boil it all down in five little simple statements. Five little things to, to think about, right? So, guidelines for your liberty. We'll call them that. Five guidelines for your liberty. Okay? The first one. Think about your responsibility to others. Think about your responsibility to others. What is your responsibility to others from the Word of God? To give them the gospel while there's still time. Right? And if they're saved, to minister to them. Okay? So that is your responsibility. So whatever it is that your liberty is telling you you can do, think about your responsibility to others. Okay? Take that into account. The second one, think about your accountability to Christ. Don't forget that no matter what it is that you feel like it is or it isn't okay for you to do, you have the third part of the Trinity living inside of you, and it's not going anywhere. Right? Jesus himself lives inside of you. So, you have accountability to Christ. Think about that when you're thinking about your liberty. The third thing, think about the impression given by you doing it. And you might be like, I don't care what impression it gives. Okay, that's fine. That's your conscience. Right? That's your conviction. I'm just telling you, these are the kind of guidelines for you to at least think about when you're thinking about your liberty in Christ. Think about the impression that's given. The fourth one, think about the influence on other Christians. Right? If I'm sitting at Applebee's, right, and, you know, what, what kind of impression is going to be given if, you know, a, 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 somebody else walks in and, you know, we're drinking? It might not sear my con. It might not bother me, but is it going? So I got to think about those things. Okay. 
I'm not saying that it does or doesn't bother you. I'm just using it as an example. Okay. So think about the influence on other Christians. And the last thing, think about what is said in the Word of God. All these things, you have liberty to do a lot of things. A lot of things. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Right? Use that verse. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Not only for your conscience, but for others as well. So, that wraps up Romans chapter 14. There's a lot of, I'm not going to say it, but you might say gray area. But it's not, because you have preference, and that's okay. But there are principles that guide the preference. So, that wraps that up. Um, Anybody have any questions? Does everybody know the story about Malam's ass? <laughs> Sorry. I guess I probably should clarify when I use that as a reference. Balaam's donkey uh, spoke the word of God. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, you're right. Somebody might be like, what in the world is he talking about? Go back and read it. What's the reference on that? Somebody, If you, if you want to know about that, uh, look that up really quick. Where's that at? It's in, uh, yeah, it's in Numbers. Uh, anyway, yeah. Numbers 22. Okay. Number. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So, you know, if if you're wondering what I was talking about, uh, God used Balaam's donkey uh, to basically. But it's he's. It's called an ass in the Bible. No. You're you're correct. That's that's very wise, Brian. See, somebody's being somebody's being sensitive. Mitchell said he has a comment, and then we'll wrap up. Well, I was just thinking of it in the sense of, you know, we're talking about liberty in the sense of with other believers, but if you think of it in the sense of what we're supposed to be doing, if you are exercising your liberty just in the world, I mean, what good is it going to be trying to preach the gospel to somebody when you're sitting there drinking a beer next to them? Because to the world, a lot of what we do, we can do, but they look at it as, you know, well, some Christian that you are. But So we do have to be careful about that because... We may be able to do it, but they think of it differently. Yeah, it's all culture, you know. You just have to go back to all the principles we talked about. You know, if you're going to do certain things, you know, make sure that you're wise about who might be seeing you because it's going to give Christ a bad name because, you know, of the culture we live in and, and for whatever reason. So you just have to use those things. And, um, you know, I know we talked a lot about alcohol, but there are, this can be applied to any situation. We went through a list of them in the last couple of weeks. So go back and get the list. I mean, anything, you know, it. Same thing. You have liberty in Christ to be who you are, you know, as long as we're not profaning Christ while we do it. So let's pray. Uh, we'll get out of here and uh, we'll get uh, moving. Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I do thank you for uh, just the, the good that comes from it and just the way that we can uh, use it to transform our lives. Uh, Lord, you've left us um, your perfect law of liberty and it's in the word of God. And I do pray that uh, we would just judge all things uh, by that and uh, just use that. Lord, we do know that all things uh, are lawful to us. You've created everything, but not all things are expedient. So I do pray that uh, we would use our convictions and our conscience to guide us uh, and uh, just kind of steer our way through this world and that we would be drawing people to you while we do it. Uh, Lord, I do uh, thank you for loving us and thank you for the Pass Point class and just their uh, loving on one another and really just being family. Uh, Lord, I do uh, pray you just bless the fellowship this coming weekend and that you would just get the honor and the glory from really everything that we're doing. And I pray this all uh, in Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys.